0: Ladies and gentlemen, listening from around the world, we are live! Welcome to this episode of Tailgates and Teasers! And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, introducing your host, Drew
1: quarter! <laughs> Alright, what's going on? Tailgates and Teasers Nation, how we doing? It is your host, Drew Gorder, and this is episode 9 of Tailgates and Teasers. Uh, really looking forward to this episode. Got a great, great guest on, Dior Walker Scott from last chance you season five if you have not seen it on netflix be sure to tune in and watch it Uh, dior has an amazing story a lot of great advice to give us surrounding mental health Uh, he was sleeping in his car at one point going to class commuting weights practice all the above a lot of stress and anxiety was going on in his life certain situations just has a lot of great advice and stuff to offer when it comes to mental health whether you're an athlete or just daily life of a normal person. Really looking forward to having him on today. And uh, Mental Illness Awareness Week is actually October 4th to 10th, and the 10th is World Mental Health Day, so it was nice to get him on as a guest this week. But with that said, my co-host today, Joshua J.J. Crum, good, good buddy of mine. He's been on a few episodes in the past, but he is a big mental health advocate, and he is here with us today. So, J.J., how you doing, bud?
2: I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. You have a show YouTube series right now called JJ's Mental Mental Game. Uh, yes, sir. Where can people find you on that and talk a little bit about it real quick.
2: Yeah, so you can find it on the Costume Hammer YouTube channel. Um, just a little bit about it. It's just kind of just shedding light on mental health um, that different people um, specifically a lot of athletes have struggled with in the past, whether it's injuries or depression or anxiety, um, whether it's um, their weight, whatever. We, we kind of cover just a lot of different aspects and just how it affects them, not only in their sport, but just in their everyday life. And like I said, my biggest thing is that I just want to be able to allow people to see that these same people that used to be athletes are still just like everybody else. They're all human, everybody struggles.
1: Right. So be sure to check out JJ's mental game. As we said, we're talking right now. It is uh, Tuesday, October 13th, but last week we had a great guest on. Uh, in Dior Walker Scott. So, uh, big mental health advocate in yourself. Give me a little background about, you know, what you're doing right now involving that and uh, what you studied and what you want to do long term.
2: Yeah, so right now I'm in grad school studying counseling psychology. I actually have my degree in counseling psych come December, hopefully it's not going And then I'm also getting my sports psychology credential and hopefully I'll have that by August, so. Um, I told myself I wasn't going to go back to school, but I got talked into it. And um, I'm currently working at a at a high school and a middle school right now as like a counselor. And I'm also working at a agency right now, working with people who struggle with severe mental health issues like um, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression, um, deal with suicidality, stuff like that. So um, definitely want to just advocate for as many people as I can when it comes to um, taking care of their mental health.
1: Right, so you're studying it, but you're also in the field gaining experience, which is great. Do you want to eventually work with athletes full-time, or are you just trying to help anybody and everybody that you can?
2: Uh, I mean, my dream job is definitely to work with either a pro team or a college team, whether it's um, whether it's in California, whether it's in um, SoCal, down here, ideally down here um, in NorCal, but I definitely would love to. I also just really want to be there for as many people as I can in general, whether I play sports or not. Um, my biggest thing is more so not helping you with on the court, on the field stuff, but just how are you doing just as a human being. And then we can also work on the um, you making a free throw, are you catching that game, winning touchdown, whatever uh, kind of makes it harder for you on game days. But my biggest thing is making sure that you're good. Um, just
1: on a day-to-day basis. Right. And something that is talked about a lot in this Dior segment coming up is, you know, the reputation athletes have of uh, having everything given to them or, you know, all Mm -hmm. the money and the fame and just give me your thoughts on why it's important, even though they have all that stuff, they have a life outside of sports too. So why is it important for them to speak up in your opinion and talk about this stuff, even though they have everything in the world and uh, they shouldn't, quote-unquote, be, you know, mentally ill in any sort of way or mentally weak well, yeah, or soft.
2: Yeah. yeah, and that's my, that's one of my biggest um, things that irritates me is that people expect athletes to just um, have everything just teaching keen and everything is great when and, um, and you talked about just having everything given to many of them don't even have everything given to them just um, because not a lot of them are pros yet. So even the pros that have all the money, the cars, the whatever, uh, they still struggle with a lot of stuff because with money and fame also comes a lot more pressure and a lot more, um, honestly, a lot more problems, if I'm being honest with you. Some people, it's great. um, Some people struggle with it, but then there's other people that are only in college, only in high school, even in middle school, that they don't have the same resources as um, professional athletes do, and they also struggle with stuff, and it doesn't have to do anything with money. It doesn't have to do anything with the fame that you're getting. Um, you could still be suffering from um anxiety from depression from bipolar disorder. um, it doesn't matter thinking about I don't know if you guys know Devontae West, but Devontae West is really is really struggling. Right. Devontae West played in the NBA for a, at least at least ten years, I want to say, and it just goes to show you that anybody can kind of struggle with that stuff. Demar DeRozan uh, has clinical depression, he says it's literally a, a fight every day just to get out of the bed and Kevin Love, at the end too. of the day. And Kevin Love definitely struggled with anxiety. Right. And there's there's so many different there's so many different things that people struggle with um, because they're human. You know what I mean? Like it has nothing to do with how much money I have in my bank account, uh, what type of house I have, like how many accolades I have. At the end of the day, I struggle, and it's okay to struggle. And that's why I think that people should definitely not think that everything is all good just because you're an athlete.
1: Right. And uh, we'll get into it more with Dior, but you just never know. People can, uh, Dior talks about how, you know, during the filming of Last Chance you basically none of these teammates knew what was going on in these people's lives outside Mm -hmm. until the show was released. So it's really important, you know, JJ and I being former athletes as well, just to, you know, talk to your teammates, be there for them, coaches, if you're listening, be there for your players, try to, you know, develop a good relationship with them. Don't just go out there and yell at them and practice mm-hmm. all day. So uh, that's very and you important.
2: Never, and, you ne- and you never know what anybody's going through. That's like the exactly. main message. So, I mean, at the end of the day, whether Dior is scoring touchdowns or he's at home or whether he's with his friends or his family, people still don't know what's going on in his head. You know what I mean? Exactly. And the people that smile the most sometimes are hurting the most. So.
1: exactly. You can always put a smile on that face to, you know, make everything look like it's all right, but deep down, you just never know what's going on. So with that said, Thank we're you, about dude. to get into the Dior segment um, real quick before we go, we got to shout out our sponsors, uh, broken bat workshop. Be sure to check them out on Instagram at broken bat workshop. You get 10% off your order with the code TNT 10 and then pure golf. Be sure to check them out as well. 20% off your order. With the code tailgates all caps. Um, also, we're doing a little fundraiser for the uh, wildfires that are going on right now. We're at three hundred and sixty dollars currently. The goal is five hundred. Um, tailgates and teasers. We're trying to raise money for you know California wildfire victims. Obviously, this year has been crazy. So if you can donate, even if it's one dollar, five dollars, anything helps. Uh, basically, these costs include you know stuff for shelter, food, cash, other other needs for families and people going through it right now that have lost a lot so uh, it's always good to give back again we partner with the california community foundation wildfire relief fund so the link is in our bio for that just head over to instagram at tailgates and teasers or reach out to my myself and i'll be sure to put you in touch with the link uh but yeah we appreciate any follows shares on instagram on your stories as well as if you could click on that link and subscribe leave a rating a review we really appreciate it so with that said we're about to head into this segment with dior jj let's get into it my guy let's go All right, joining us today from Hawaii is Dior Walker Scott. Dior, how you doing today, man?
0: I'm doing blessed, man. How you guys
1: doing? Doing well. Thanks for uh, coming on. Did we uh, catch you before
0: practice today, or were you in the training room, I believe, is what you were talking to me earlier about? Uh, y'all call me right after practice. Um, I have to get treatment for my shoulder. It's just like that. Just it's, it's something small, but nothing, nothing major.
1: How's it how are you liking it out there in Hawaii so far? How's it treating you?
0: Man, Hawaii Hawaii's treating me lovely. I came in from where I went through and how I perceive as people, like how I perceive people, and how Hawaii has made me see a whole nother perception, of how people can really be friendly and really open up to you, really trying to help you out just for just for goodness of their heart. Uh so Hawaii has been treating me lovely.
1: Nice. Obviously, you're fantastic at the sport of football. Uh, when did you know this was something that you wanted to do and uh, pursue at higher levels?
0: I think I want to say eighth grade year. Uh, eighth grade year, I was going between football, baseball, basketball, and then I was pretty good in all sports. Yeah. But I think uh, okay. eighth, grade, eighth grade year, what, championships, uh, playing quarterback, and I was having a rough time. And my coach was like, "If you don't make a play right now, I'm gonna take you out." And that's when that's the first time I jumped <laughs> over a kid. So, and I think that I think at that point it was like, okay, maybe maybe I can go pretty far in the football stuff. And I think from home, from high school, I really narrowed it down to just football just because. I know basketball. I'm too short for basketball, and for baseball, it wasn't as fun for me anymore. So, I think if I want to go, if for me realistically, if I want to make it somewhere, and I know I'm really good at it, I can focus on my son football.
1: Right. So I played college baseball, and JJ here, he played college basketball. So between those two sports, which one did you like better? I just got to know. Baseball, baseball. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. I like this guy already, man. (laughs) Um. So, you were obviously the star of a successful show, Last Chance You on Netflix. Uh, listeners, if you haven't watched it, season five, be sure to check it out. Um, were you a fan of the show
0: before? Or have you watched it before it came to Laney College? No, I was a huge fan. I was a huge fan. Uh, I watched every okay. season for a bit. So, for them to really come to us about it, at first we thought it was rumors. Like, we, did, we just brushed it off because like, they the lying. But once we really found out we was going to be on it, we was all pretty shocked, but I think we all portrayed ourselves pretty well.
1: Gotcha. So you were excited um, when you found out it was coming to your school. What was like the vibe? What was the vibe at the school when you found out?
0: Um, just another day. To To be honest, just like another yeah. day. Uh, we still just we were still trying to get that that scholarship to get out out of out of the situation we was all in. What
1: was your biggest takeaway? Or biggest takeaway from being on the show were there any you know surprises or extra pressure that maybe that was added with all the cameras being around
0: I think um the major takeaway was really understanding everybody else's stories like for us we didn't know what was going on with, with somebody else so after the show came out we all hit each, hit each other he had to turn it up it's like oh well we didn't I didn't know that was going on with you and people like I a whole bunch of my teammates was like, man, you could have lived, you could have stayed with me and stuff like that. But I think the big point of it was like, this really understanding my brothers even more and having us be even more closer. Right. And then
1: obviously you gained a lot of popularity from the show because of your story and everything that you went through. But how has life changed for you since the show?
0: Life has changed dramatically. Uh, I'm not in my car no more. I'm living in Hawaii. I'm playing football, and really, just it's been an abundance of people just really reaching out to me, um, opening up to me about their stories. Um, Really, looking me as like a leader, and really like a mental health advocate. Which I, I said in a couple other interviews, like I never wanted to see myself as like a mental health advocate, just because I know that's a serious topic, and I'm not. I don't want to use that title for fame, so. I take that very seriously. Yeah, mental health
1: is definitely a big topic. And J.J. here, he is psychology, mental health, love health, and athletes out with, uh, you know, psychology and stuff. So, J.J., why don't you uh, chime in on that a little bit?
2: I was just going to say, I know you gained a lot of firsthand experience and you made a lot of people really talk about mental health, especially coming from an athlete standpoint, you know what I'm saying? Um, and both me and Drew both, play former sports and I know for me personally like I'm going into mental health, mental health as a profession and but mental health isn't something that people talk about in sports like that you know what I'm saying especially mm-hmm. like coming from the Bay Area like I'm from Oakland it's, it's like one of them things like you're not supposed to talk about and so um just I just wanted to get your thoughts around that um I'm always curious to hear about other black men especially from the Bay Area just talking about mental health in general
0: yeah I think for I, I think like you say you say like in the Bay Area like if you talk about some mental health you like you seem like you look at it, like you're soft and stuff like that like you never really look at it, tough a tough one I think for as a kid my generation you was always trying to be that that tough kid that tough guy like you was just trying to really show your emotions because you was taught not even from your parents as you talk from your peers like if you show your emotions that means you're weak and you soft like no everybody go push you around. So for me to really even come not my comfort zone to the world that was really scary for me because I never really like talked about my emotions like that. So I think um, I'm pretty glad that I created a spark just to talk about mental health because that is a serious issue and suicide rates are getting pretty much alarming now. So it's really a, a topic that needs to be talked about. because we was all scared to really open up to it because we don't want to look out soft. So. I hope people can look at my story and look how I just came out and really just take note and saying that it's, it's not being called soft talking about your mental health issues because you're trying to create a better life for yourself.
2: Exactly. And th- this is the other thing I wanted to talk about is, like, when people think of expressing your emotions, everybody, first thing people think about is you got to cry. You don't got to cry to have mental health problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can know, literally be like. Uh, going through it. It's, this can be you and your girl or they're going through it. You've got school struggles, whatever. Like if you're struggling in sports, like it doesn't matter if you frustrated, it, if you're mad. That's that in a, in a sense, that's all the same thing. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I think that it was just huge just to see um, one, an athlete talk about it. Two, a black athlete talking about it. And three, like a successful um, and I'm hoping and praying that you do well, um, even at Hawaii, but a successful black athlete doing it. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was really dope, bro, and I appreciate it. I just wanted to kind of ask you, like, we're talking about emotions and everything. Like, how much of a relief was it for you to kind of just get to play football when times were rough? And what did that actually do for you just being on the field? Uh,
0: this is like a major relief because now I'm not focused on what's going on the outside world all my attention, all my emotions going on in within the football field. And that was really my therapy session. I hated talking to somebody else because I never believed in let me let me pay somebody that I don't really know for like an hour talk to them about my emotions where I can just go on a football field for free with let all my emotions out. So I think for me playing football, that was really a great stress reliever for me for what I was going through. Hey,
1: Dior, you obviously went through a lot, like we've been talking about. Uh, Laney was set up a lot differently than other junior colleges. You know, they, they couldn't offer you a spot to stay. Uh, so you were commuting, you had class, you had weights, practice, right? You had to work a part-time job, late nights. It was obviously really tough for you. You were sleeping in your car, telling your mom that you were sleeping on a friend's couch, right? So she wasn't up worrying. And uh, I believe she was in Arkansas, right, at the time? Mm, yes, and sir. uh And just, you know – the stress and anxiety caused by the situation with your father that was uh, you know talked about on the show, how hard is it for you to become comfortable you know sharing that side of your life with the world? Like I feel like it was uh, hard in general for anybody to open up to cameras.
0: Oh right, uh, it was at first it was very hard. I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to do it because I just felt like I was just too embarrassed to really tell everybody in the world like I was sleeping in my car. Uh, I just didn't want people just like laugh at me. But then I, then I talked with the staff crew and I talked to my mom. And basically like it was something, it's deeper than me just being in my car, it's really about my whole life story. And what my mentality is, straight on mentality, like I've been through so much adversity in my life and I'm still going through adversity now, but I'm people see how I never gave up. And like, I'm still being resilient to the end of this day. Like. Nothing I, nothing's never given to me. I I still find a way to make ends meet.
1: Right. JJ, you have any?
2: Yeah, I mean, I kind of just wanted to, like, something that really stood out to everybody, not just me, was Coach Beam. The relationship you all had. Um, Everybody I talked to, I know folks that went to Laney before, and they were saying the same thing that a lot of other people were talking about how great of a guy he is. But what did he personally do for you? What was it like to have a coach like that that was so supportive of you all I mean, Coach Beam has helped me out a lot. Uh,
0: He helped me out with school. Um, He helped everybody out with getting something to eat just because, I think, um, he provided food for us, like, every Wednesday just so we wouldn't go hungry. Like, little stuff like that, like, we might take for granted then, but later on in life, we're like, okay, he really cared about it. It was deeper than just wins and losses for him he was trying to make successful men in the community. Like he was trying to build leaders. Not for him, not just building football players and trying to win coach of the year and stuff like that. He was really working on trying to build us as men just in case football doesn't just case football doesn't go where we wanted to go. We still have we still can be successful in the outside life. So Coach Bean was a follow figure to everybody to minus in my eyes. Just how he projected himself and how he care for his – how we care for his players. It wasn't just because, oh, I, I need to care for you just so I can get these wins. I I want to care for you because I want to see you do
2: some great life. I don't want to see you on the street. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say, because we all know that coaches is just like – all the talk is – and uh, they say that they care, but you can tell that it's not really genuine. Um, but it's great to hear that, and I think that having somebody like that just around, I'm sure he'll always be a part of you guys' lives, like – throughout your life, so
1: I thought that was dope. Yeah, definitely, and sports are meant to be fun, right? We've been playing and watching them since we were three feet tall. Anytime you could have a coach uh, make the game fun and be there for you, show that you care, uh, it makes the grind that much more worth it. So, Dior, how do you keep a strong mindset and focus when you're uh, battling adversity, playing football and life, whatever it may be?
0: Uh, really, my, my mindset is really a stray dog mindset, straight dog mentality. And i got that from the end of my joker career just because my motto is nobody can, nobody, everybody disrespects a straight dog, but nobody can live in this world. So for me, that is still me because, like, everybody can disrespect me, downplay me, and not know what's going on in my world. but nobody can really step in my shoes. Nobody can be on that bus 17 years old in Denver, Colorado during Christmas Day. Nobody can do that. So I feel like me having that resilience, me having that fight in me, that I am not greater than, than everybody else, but I really have that raw dog, straight dog mentality where barely like only a couple of people can really top that. So for me this my mindset was I'm gonna get through it. And nothing's never gonna stop me. It might slow me down, arch me down, but nothing's never gonna stop where I wanna get.
2: Mm-hmm. And dog is something that a lot of coaches they don't you know what I mean. I mean, uh, everybody goes after the intangibles like if you're six five, if you jump out the roof, if you do this, if you run a four two, whatever. But uh, not too many coaches talk about just having that that dog. And I think that's what puts a lot of athletes like up here versus like right here. You know what I'm
0: saying?
2: Yeah. Uh, so just to hear that you got that dog, I'm sure that that's always been around, and I think that that's great. Um, I just wanted to ask you, like, who is your motivation and your inspiration other than yourself? Because talking about dog and how you've always had that dog, there anybody that you play for that you do anything for, not just on the field but off the field? I think my greatest motivation and my inspiration is my mom and
0: my little siblings just because what me and my mom have been through when I was younger and hearing her stories throughout her life and how how she got through those hard times and stuff like that, that she's really my motivation just because she's helped me through a lot of stuff. And she's been through tough stuff to me that I feel like. So for her to still have a smile on her face every day, still saying she loves me, still really give me great advice. That's like, she's really my, she's really my superwoman. And really is my little siblings because now it's not just me creating a platform. I create a platform for my little siblings because they got to look up to me as a role model. So it's it's deeper than me. It really comes comes down to really my bloodline to my family. Uh,
1: Going back to mental health a little bit, you know, this week, October 4th to 10th is uh, Mental Illness Awareness Week. And uh, for people going through stuff, whatever it may be, what do you want them to know? What's your message to them? What advice could you give them?
0: my my advice to them is to really just open up. Uh it's not saying just like pour your heart out to somebody just really just open up like a little bit. Just whatever's on your mind, just speak it out. Just really find that person you really trust and really speak it out or even just talk to God or something like that. Just if you believe in if you believe in religion, just talk to God cuz God always going to have the answers and that's just really my main motto is really to speak up a little bit because your voice is important. Like your voice everybody's voice is important. Everybody's voice
2: is, needs to be heard. So that's really my my little two cents in it. As far as what do you what do you talk to or what do you do? You may not talk to somebody in general, but what do you do whenever you reach your low points? Um, do you kind of I know some people like to write, some people like to rap, some people like to uh, just go outside on a walk, go talk to somebody. What's like your couple mechanisms for uh,
0: uh, my coping mechanism is really talk to my mom, or really just read the word of the day. Just really trying to calm down and really just breathe, or I might just like get on my game, or just uh, watch some funny videos, stuff like that. Just really has helped me ease my mind about something else instead of focusing on the negative energy.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned uh, God is. Are you a religious person, or like what kind of stuff do you do to that makes you happy, or? kind of takes you away from maybe a bad day, whatever, bad mindset, whatever uh, you're going through.
0: So I want to say I'm a, not like a over-religious person, but I'm a religious person just um, with the help of my mom. Uh, at an earlier time in my life, I wasn't really into like the Bible and stuff like that just because this, as a young kid, I never had that mindset, but she really instilled in me just really to talk to God every day, not just like getting on my knees and pray heavy like I want uh a magic prayer or something like that. Just really just talk to God and just have a little conversation with him. Just read the word of the day. Every day, just have like little 10, 15 minutes by yourself just read the word of the day and really analyze what God is trying to speak to you on that day. So that's what I do. Just talk to God for a little bit. Just whatever's going on, whatever's going on, thank you, God, for this. Thank you God, for that. How you doing, God? Like, what are you doing today, God? Like, stuff like that. Just having a little conversation with God instead of just trying to really just come to him when is something really important just because I I feel like I'm not just gonna go to God when something is really when I really need something because yeah he can do that but I still want to have a relationship with God like a personal relationship with God
1: right so we talked about you being in Hawaii now uh what is your favorite part what's so what it's what's, what's it like
0: being on the island over there man it's it's different from the bay area <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> It still has that city vibe, but it's really slow. Everything is so slow paced. I mean, I'm not used to, I'm used to fast paced, really go go out there, and get your money and stuff like that. But out here, everybody's slow, all about family. They're really all about connections and stuff like that. So that was really new to me. And I, I love it, to be honest. It's something yeah. different, out of my comfort zone, but I love it. And I think my favorite activity to do right now is go to the beach. I never been a beach person until now, just really just looking at the bare <laughs> waters, stuff like that, and watching the sunset. And that's like I was never into that stuff. And now coming to Hawaii, like watching the sunset, how pretty it looks, like going to the beach, just stuff like that. That's that's what I really enjoy and really like I really thank God for. It.
2: Yeah. I kind of wanted to ask, what's the biggest difference as far as football from Laney to UH? As far as competition, the vibe, like what's the what's the difference? I'm sure there's a big difference, but it may not be.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh it is it is a
0: difference. Uh Laney, we was all competitive. So I think the competitive, like I think Hawaii might be a little bit more competitive, but the competitive level is still there. I think what's different, um I think the energy in practice, to be honest, uh the energy I hear is way more fierce and like let's go after it, let's go get it. So it's, it's not new to me because I, I love competition. It's just, it's just crazy that um, I put on my helmet and I'm playing at a D1 school and I'm playing for University of Hawaii instead of, like, being at a Juco. So I think there's the whole vibe of just having the staff there for you, just really having that D1 talent all around you and stuff like that. That's, I think that's what's different.
1: Walk us through what a normal day looks like for you right now, Hawaii. Start in the ah. morning, right when you wake up.
0: Uh, wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, get to practice, get to – got a screen because now the COVID stuff, so you got to get a screening test, and then by, like, 6, 6.30, got to get taped up for practice, get, uh, get your gear. Then you got team meetings and team installs in the morning from, like, 6.30 to, what, 7.15. Then you got practice from 7.15 to 10.15. And then, depending on – how you're, depending on how your breakup is, you might have a post-practice weight lift or you have to wait till 4 o'clock to weight lift. Also, you got to worry about getting treatment done. Then you have uh, lunch. You got to take a ice bath. Also, you got to worry about school too. And then come back at 5.30 uh, to go over post-practice meetings, uh, watch film on practice, stuff like that I think. and then you're done to like A like seven, seven o'clock. So from six to seven, you're really just that's a big six to seven
2: is really just school (laughs) and football. That's really just it. That's wild, bro. Yeah. I was about to say I mistreating it because now whenever I get hurt, I gotta figure it out on my own. Yeah. Uh, I was about to ask with this with all this COVID stuff, like what's the how is everybody uh doing this. Did y'all just start? Did y'all, uh, did y'all just get the okay? Have y'all had the okay for a minute? Um, is it crazy? Weird? Like, what's the vibe with the COVID situation? Um, man, we
0: have the okay with, like, a month, October, September, like, late September, we have the okay, like, we finna get the A game, stuff like that, but we do like, we were just on standby to get, to, you know, like, we didn't know because our season got postponed. And then we all, thought we're going to play in the spring and then come find out, no, we're going to play late October. So, he's like, oh, okay. Um, let's um We still have to get ready. Like, we still have to prepare. Like, Fresno State, they're going to be prepared. So, we got to get prepared for two, for them, too. So, it's just been, like, just a whole bunch of all these protocols and, like, say, six feet apart where everybody used to, like, staying in, like, in a clutter and, like, talking and stuff like that. So, staying six feet apart. Wearing a mask. It's it's really different and we don't like I I don't know how the season's gonna be because this is this was supposed to be a fun year, which is still gonna be a fun year, but it's gonna be really a different year if we're football.
2: So we're gonna see how it is. All right. Last question, last question. This is this is a personal question. Who is your favorite football team? There's only one right answer to this. I'm just letting you know. Nah, there's not. I don't know. <laughs> mad at me. My favorite
0: team right now is the Saints. The Saints. Oh my! Oh man! Yeah. I'm a pan- yeah.
2: I'm a Panther fan, dude. My Raiders had I gotta go get my uh, I get Raiders head. We beat We beat up on uh, your- you. know, Michael playing. Yeah, yeah. We had to beat
1: up on you. NSC South. Come on, man. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> hey, uh, you open up against Fresno State on October 24th. How excited are you for the season to start
0: man i'm very excited uh I worked all my life for this, and the day is really coming it's, the days it's, I'm counting on days where I really get to play football at a d one level. I've been dreaming about this for years now um, so for, for me to really be on a d1 team and really play my first game at the d one level uh Long long nights in the car, like, long sleepless crying nights over this. And now this finally gets to happen. So I'm really excited. I don't know what the future going to hold. Uh, I'm going to keep grinding and working hard. We're going to see.
1: That's all you can do, man. And we're looking forward to following you and, you know, wishing you the best moving forward on the football field and in life. Uh, before, before we close this up, the floor is yours. Whatever you want to say, where can people find you? Instagram, Twitter. And then, uh, like I said, anything you want to say? floor is yours.
0: Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just type in DR Scott because my name is weird. My name is D1 Journal. My name is DiGiorno4cheese, but it's d one Journal Giorno4cheese. It's, it's kind of weird, but just type in DR Scott. You should find me. Is there um, a story behind
1: that? DiGiorno4cheese? Yes. For yes. Wait, what's Coach the story?
0: Bain. Coach, Coach Beam.
1: okay. Let's hear it.
0: Uh, so, when I first came in as a freshman, Coach Dean could not say my name. He always called me, like, weird names, like, Borgiorno, DuJour, and then he was, like, forget it. I'm just to call you DuJourno. Everybody was laughing. Like, I was laughing, too. Like, man, that's weird. Like, you can't say my name. <laughs> but then I just embraced it because, like, man, my coach gave me a, a nickname, so I'm like, I'm going to embrace it. So, and then, like, we had a group chat, and, like, like, um, my teammates was like, oh man, DiGiorno for cheese. So that, like, we all started laughing and joking like that. But it really stuck with me. So, my nickname, I still go by DiGiorno today, to be honest. And that's what we're in before, just because of Coach Beam and just like that, how our relationship started, just because our relationship started out as like a joke. But it's not serious to me, but it's like, it's something that's always been planted in my life. That's hella funny. That's
1: awesome. Well,
0: Dior, DiGiorno, thank you for coming <laughs> on,
1: man. <laughs> we wish you the best and uh, we'll stay in touch. All right,
0: man. Take care.
1: Thanks for coming on. All right. That wraps up episode nine of tailgates and teasers. Thank you to Dior Walker, Scott and Joshua JJ crumb for taking time out of their day to come on. Be sure to follow JJ's mental game on Instagram and subscribe to the cost and hammer YouTube channel. Give him some love and support. Also follow tailgates and teasers on Instagram, donate to the California wildfire relief fund. We appreciate it. As stated earlier, we're at $360. The goal is 500. Uh, Subscribe to our Apple podcast, Spotify, Google podcast, leave a review, leave a rating. We really appreciate it. For our next guest, we have Dustin Ortiz coming on. He is a professional mixed martial artist uh, he's a fighter he holds the record in the usc for the fastest knockout in flyweight history and also the most knockouts in usc flyweight history so looking forward to having him on he's from nashville tennessee that should be coming out in a couple weeks so with uh, that said episode nine is in the books and thank you all for listening